Well, thank you again, worship team. But I think we should give them a round of applause because sometimes what we don't forget, what, what we might forget is this, is that our, our own hearts, our own minds at times are maybe 10,000 miles away, maybe they're 100 miles away, but yet the worship team always does this for us. They bring us back to God, amen? And they just bring us back to God where we need to be to bless his holy name. And this song, 10,000 Reasons We Just Sang, is what Psalm 103 is based on, and that's where we're gonna be today. You can open up in your Bibles to Psalm 103. It is a journey, this psalm, that King David brings us through, a journey on how we can never, ever, ever, ever outrun the love of God. Not at all. Bless the Lord, O my soul, it says. In other translations in your Bibles, it might say, Praise the Lord, O my soul. So bless or praise, whatever word you want to use, it simply means to speak words of excellence about God. But before I go any further, I want to say hi to the village kids here, because there's a bunch of you here. It's great to see you. Thanks for being here. And when I was thinking about you being here today, village kids, I know in a couple of weeks from now you have Sunday school again, but I was thinking about my own childhood. When I was a kid, I was thinking about Christmas time, going to church with my family and, and good memories. But then, my mind went somewhere else. And it wasn't necessarily a spiritual thing, but it was a toy. <laughs> and now this isn't any toy. This is an SSP. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Supersonic power? No, nobody? Okay, just me. 1970s, I'm talking early 70s, late 60s. This, this, this amazing toy, this car, had a gyro wheel about that big in it. It sat right in the middle of the car, and you got also this duly amazing ripcord that you'd send down into that wheel, pull it out at 100 miles an hour, and that car, anything that you would put in its path was doomed. It was so awesome. It, whether it was Barbies or blocks or anything you built up, it was just great. It was so much fun. Now today, unfortunately, you may have to wear safety glasses if you play with those things. I'm not judging. But it's, it's just hard to forget now, today, my past experiences with that SSP, how exciting it was back then. But it is easy to forget things, right? I mean, sometimes we suffer from this. We forget things that we shouldn't. Maybe it's homework. Maybe it's a phone you misplaced, wondering if it ended up in the trash, or, or maybe it's the date today, December 26, 2021. Chris and I often are at home, and if we're watching a movie or something, we're this far into the movie, and inevitably, all of a sudden, we turn to each other and we say, honey, I think we've seen this before. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Well, but then we end up watching the movie anyways because we forgot what the ending was. Forgetting can be funny sometimes, but as Christians, Forgetting what God has done steals your joy. It causes you to move or it brings you into a place of sorrow or depression even at times. I wanted to title this message today, Don't Be a Dory. Do you remember Dory? There she is right there. Dory from that movie, Finding Nemo. Uh, she was a royal blue tang fish and she suffered from short-term memory. And, and that's not funny, but for Christians, we definitely do not want to forget what God has done. Now, King David, the, the poet, the warrior, he reminds us of God's forgiveness, God's compassion, his love, his mercy. And this Psalm 103, and you can turn there in Psalm 103, that's where we'll be today, um, is based on his personal experiences, but also the experiences that the nation of Israel went through. Now, it's not about David, this Psalm. It's not about Israel, even. 
It's about David's God. It's about Israel's God, and it's about our God today. So we land this plane on this crazy 2021 year, right? 2020 we thought was crazy. 2021, just the same in six days. We take off into 2022, and this psalm is going to help us. When we get to verse 2, we're going to see it's going to help us to forget not all his benefits, all those things he's done in our lives for us so that we can bless the Lord, and that is what grounds us and gives us joy. One scholar said this. One scholar said about Psalm 103, it's perhaps the best known and best love of all the hymns. Another scholar said, it is perhaps the most perfect song of pure praise in the Bible. It has become the common inheritance of all those through suffering, I'll come back to that later, and deliverance have learned the goodness of Jehovah. So our big idea today is this. Our big idea is to remember what God has done and join all creation in worship. And we're gonna see that and praise God for his mercy to you personally, for his people, his community of believers, and for his sovereignty over all creation. And that's where we're gonna move in Psalm 103. So do you know God's personal mercies in your life? Have you ever thought about that? Well, David did, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in verses one through five, he gets very personal. And here it is, he starts out in verse one of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, it says, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. David knew this personal God, Lord there means Yahweh, and Yahweh is the God who revealed himself to Moses. Now, this God who's personal, compassionate, and loving has always been so. It's not that Jesus came and was born and then went to the cross and then rose again and now all of a sudden God is personal and loving, amen? He's always been personal and loving and this is the God who David is worshiping now. Psalm 103, like the other Psalms, is Hebrew poetry and maybe you've heard of this term before. It's called parallelism, at least in Hebrew poetry they use it. Here's a line of the psalm, and the next line might sometimes just clarify the previous or give you a little more insight. So when you see soul in verse one, where it says, oh my soul, it's clarified by all that is within me. It's his, and bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, again, is restated as bless his holy name. He's talking to his soul, his inner self, his desires, his will. The soul is who you really, really are. And talking to yourself can be good, right? I mean, sometimes just don't do it too much. People might think you're a little off, but uh, what I'm not talking about here in talking to yourself is to say things like, oh, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and people like me. I'm not talking about that. I'm also not talking about an internal dialogue that sometimes we fall into. And by an internal dialogue, I'm talking about an internal dialogue which is fed by the subconscious mind. A subconscious mind wants to give us ideas and questions about ourselves or, or maybe a perspective of ourselves. The problem with that is sometimes our subconscious mind is not to be believed. Sometimes it's just wrong. It's wrong and it's deadly and it's because of our own sin and we don't need to always listen certainly to our subconscious mind. Instead, there's something else we can do. And King David shows us, he lets scripture influence how he perceives himself, how he talks to himself, what he believes, what he says. And so for today, for us Christians in 2021, here's something that's true about you 
as a believer in Jesus Christ. Here's a few I have for you. One is this, and this is true, and you can say this about yourself. I am a child of God, and I have been justified. I am a member of Christ's body. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins, and I am free from condemnation. The list goes on. But the focus here is not about David. The focus is not about himself. It's what God has done, and that's what's unfolding in this psalm. Verse two says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, or bless his holy name. By the way, that shows up seven times. There's something happening here. It's only 20, 22 verses. If it said seven times, David is inviting us to do this. It is a great privilege to do this, but there's something more here. It's a command, an imperative that we do this. Why? Because it is good for us to speak words of excellence about God. It's what we're created for. You are in your wheelhouse when you do it. It is the best thing that we can do. But we look around the room here today, maybe, maybe some of you don't feel like it today. I get that. Uh, village kids, um, maybe there's in a couple weeks from now, some of you are going to be back in Sunday school and you'll have large group uh, teaching time and maybe, maybe some songs you might be singing. And what if you don't feel like singing two weeks from now when you're at Village Kids? If you don't feel like singing, what do you do? Well, Psalm 103 helps us with that because Psalm 103 has a, has a key in verse two, the second part of it. Here's a key to worship. It says, as David, remember, David is instructing his soul to forget not all whose benefits, God's benefits. What are benefits? What God has done for you. He's instructing, telling his soul to forget not all these wonderful things, even when we don't feel like it. So to bless the Lord, we can remember what God has done, even when we don't feel like it, and then fill that void with the truth, even when I don't feel like it or something else is in the way, and then respond in praise. Now, what I'm not talking about is, however, is stuffing your feelings. I'm not saying forget your feelings. I'm not saying stuff your feelings, far from it. Actually, with, whether it's your family at home or if it's family here, this is a great place to bring your tears of joy, to bring your tears of sadness and pain. Maybe you're sad about something. It's the family of God you can come to, but you can also come directly to God. Look at Psalm 102. Psalm 102, you see the pain in these words? I'll read them for you. It says, hear my prayer, O Lord. Let, me let my cry come to you. Here's the psalmist. The psalmist goes on. Now look at this in verse two. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. It's as if the psalmist is feeling like God has turned his back on him. God is over there, or he's turned away, or he's left, and the psalmist is crying out. Friends, we can bring anything to God. Psalm 102 and many others make that clear. Sarah's a 24-year-old married woman. Uh, my Chris, uh, Chris and I and my wife have been praying for her along with my family for, for a long time. Uh, she suffers from uh, stage four bile duct cancer. So her and her husband were in the mission field, now they're back. And things don't look good, but um, she wrote a blog post, and so let me just pull some things. Here's what she says to her family of God, to her family, and also to God. She says this, 
I really haven't had many words to say, just lots and lots of tears and anguish. It all doesn't make sense to us, but I know with every fiber of my being that Jesus is totally in control and that his plans are perfect. I may never understand why, but I trust him. And then she goes on. Our lives are like the morning fog, here for a moment and then gone. And I could live each day knowing that when I die, I have hope and confidence that I will be with my Savior forever in heaven. Do you hear that rejoicing? Do you hear that, that triumphant boasting? She has this hope in her Savior that she'll be with him forever. But she says more. She says, my heart aches and is so deeply burdened. And at the same time, I have peace and hope because of Christ. She has pain. She has hope. And they come together in this beautiful musical symphony of faith before her God. It's beautiful. Many of us sometimes still think today that I just need to stuff what's inside. No, no, no. The Psalms, there are more lament Psalms than any other kind of Psalms in the Bible. Did you know that? The lamenting Psalms are those Psalms that express our faith through grief and sorrow. Those are lamenting Psalms and God wants what we have Big enough, he's strong enough, he can take it. And when you do, when you do that, then we can all remember together what God has done and join all creation in worship. All right, so King David gets to some real specifics in verses three through five. He's talking personally. Remember, he's talking to his soul. This is very personal to him. Number one, God forgives. Number two, God redeems. And number three, God satisfies and renews. This is verse three, four, and five. Verse three says this, who forgives all your iniquity. In other words, God has forgiven his sin and heals all your diseases. King David knows he's a sinner. You guys remember King David, right, in Sunday school? We learned about King David, an amazing man who loved God. But he was a sinner, and he knew it before holy God. He sunk really really deep. I mean, really low. If you want to today, you can read 2 Samuel chapter 11 and chapter 12, and you can see what I mean. But God, and I love it. When anybody says, but God, that's usually going to be pretty good. So I hope this is good. But God pursued David. He confronted David. He went after David. And then David confessed his sin, repented, and was forgiven by God and restored to God. And until I personally began reading the Bible for myself many years ago, I didn't understand what a sinner I was before a holy God and how wonderful God is. It's, the Bible makes it clear, man, woman, boy or girl, it doesn't matter who you are, I don't know your story, but one thing I do know about you is you're like me and that we're sinners in need of forgiveness. So today, if you're still not sure where you sit, If you don't for sure know that you've asked Jesus to forgive your sins, do that today. Make today the day of repentance and the day of salvation before the Lord so then you too can remember what God has done and join all creation in worshiping for his mercy to you personally. Verse four is a... It's kind of interesting because verse four says, who redeems your life from the pit. Remember, David's telling his soul that God redeemed. Redeemed here actually just means saved him physically from death because that's what pit is. Pit is the grave. There was many times when David was, was doomed, it seemed like. You remember King Saul, the previous king 
who came after David multiple times, and then all these other things David went through. He didn't have an easy life. People trying to kill him, but God is loyal and steadfast, and he's a covenanting personal God, and David knows it, and David is telling his soul to rejoice because of this. In verse five, it talks about this spiritual strength. I'll read it. It says, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We're talking about spiritual vitality here. That's what's being used here. That's what's being talked about, that kind of strength spiritually. And the eagle is this imagery of strength, vitality, and endurance, not too different from maybe the way we think of eagles. But David didn't get his spiritual strength from vitamins. He didn't get it from P90X. He didn't get it from CrossFit training. Um, My my niece uh, competes in, in CrossFit training. Uh, and she's a beast. I mean, she's, I mean that in the best way. She is, um, she's wonderfully beautiful. She's awesome. But anyways, I, I hope she's not watching this. I mean, she is pumped. When she asks her husband for a cup of coffee, he gets it. He gets the coffee. King David's strength didn't come from CrossFit training. It came from the Lord. He didn't have an easy life at all. And several hundred years later, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 40 Verses 30 through 31 said this, using some similar imagery. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord, like King David and Sarah, will renew their strength and will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Have you thought about God's benefits for you personally? You know, in this new year, or even before you get to the new year, some people do resolutions, right? Maybe you want to exercise more, whatever. Here's an exercise for you. How about writing down God's benefits for you? To you, I mean. His benefits to you. And praise him for it. You can do this uh, with your family. You can do it at home, at the kitchen table, at lunch, whatever. Or with a group, maybe. You will grow. If you do this, you will grow theologically, You will grow in your understanding of what it means to be humble for a holy God into the disciple Jesus Christ calls you to be. And so we forget not specifically all these things in 103 and we begin worshiping God personally who is loving for all he has done. That's verses one through five and that's David again, very personal for him personally. Now we're looking at praising him for our second point, for his mercy to his people to the Israelites, yes, but to all believers, to this community. Now, these aren't abstract thoughts. We want to be really careful in these Psalms. They're they're based on history. This is very historical, and something great is happening here. Uh, Sometimes we think of poetry or the Psalms, like, isn't that nice, you know, floating in the sky words? No. This is about something specifically God had done. God extends compassion even to sinners, we're going to see in these next verses. Verse six says this, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Well, that's the Passover and Exodus he's talking about where God gave justice to his people, Israel, who were oppressed by Egypt under slavery. And in verse seven and eight, verse seven is uh, God's revelation of himself at Mount Sinai in verse eight, where it says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. This is the time when God extended mercy and did not wipe out the nation of Israel when they were worshiping a golden calf. Remember, they had just been 
uh, delivered out of slavery from Egypt, and yet they chose to worship some other false god. Let me read Exodus 34. So now I'm going back in time, even before David, to Moses' time. Exodus 34, verse 4, starts like this. And here's Moses. It says, so Moses cut two tablets of stone like the first. Wait, what happened to the first set? The first set of Ten Commandments that God actually wrote on directly his Ten Commandments. Well, we have to go back to Exodus 31 and 32, a few chapters earlier. And the scene is this. You're on Mount Sinai. And Moses is coming down with the tablets, but he sees the idolatrous, the forgetful, sinning Israelites who are worshiping a golden calf. And he's furious, and he smashes the tablets, the first set of Ten Commandments. Here's what it says in Exodus 32, verse 19. This is Moses when he sees what's happening. He threw the tablets out of his hands. This is the first set of Ten Commandments, right? Breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. But... David, today, in Psalm 103, in our passage today, verse 8, is talking about God this way, even during that time, and here's what David says, that God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. God didn't wipe him out because God is a God of second and third and fourth and fifth chances. And don't we see that in Jesus Christ? Don't we see that on the cross of Jesus for anyone? And I mean anyone who will believe. All right, so I'm going to jump back. You're going to get whiplash here, but I'm jumping back to Moses again. Exodus 34, where I was before. Exodus 34, and I'll read it again. Verse 5 through 7, it says this. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him, meaning Moses there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And now the Lord here, which is Yahweh again, is he, the Lord, is going to describe who he is, what his name means, what his name stands for. Ready? Verse 6, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and sin. Sound familiar? That's where that comes from. Going all the way back, Yahweh God means this. He is reliable, faithful, steadfast, and loving. He is merciful, a God of relationships. But it's for his people. And so who are his people? His people are those who fear him. And where do I get that? It's in verse 11, 13, and 17. Let me read verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. Verse 13 says, as a father shows compassion, just skipping 12 for a second, as a father shows compassion to his children, the Lord shows compassion to who? To those who fear him. Now in verse 11, when it talks about this space between heaven and earth, remember, the ancients couldn't get a billion dollars together and put people in a rocket ship and scoot up to the heavens, right? They just couldn't shoot up there. So this, this space is a magnitude that's incomprehensible to them, to the ancients. There's no way. They knew that they could never outdistance God's love. They knew that, as we know today. But who was that love for? For those who fear him, just like the compassionate father. His love is to those who fear him. And so in verse 12, where it talks about when David is seeing how far God takes away his sin or iniquities, when you see that, who's it for? 
in context is for those who fear him. And I'm not talking about the fear that we've just been talking about in our series. If you've been with us for several weeks, we've been in an Advent series, and time after time after time, we see these angels show up, right? Do you remember that? These angels show up. And what happens when these angels show up? People are quaking, and they have to say, do not fear. Why? Because the glory that they have, that's shining, is like standing, or, or the feeling of overwhelm, being overwhelmed that you get is like standing in front of a base, a bass turned up all the way speaker and where it's on and it just is making your heart do this. It's just too much to take that kind of fear being in front of an angel. But in this fear, we're talking about something different. This kind of fear is those who revere God. That's the fear. A person who fears God is one who reveres God and shows deep, deep respect to the point of praising God, trusting God, in all humility, it's that kind of fear. Those who fear God are those who revere God deeply, respect and trust him. So whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, you know, you're forgiven by your sins and you're forgiven and I'm forgiven by my sins and they were back then in the same way. It's by God's provision, not their work, not how good they thought they were, but God's provision for sin. Abraham, Moses, and David, they trusted in God's promises for their salvation, for their forgiveness. Today, we know that the Messiah came on Christmas. We know that at Good Friday, he died on the cross. We know that Easter, he rose again. God's provision, not my work, God's provision. By trusting in God's provision, Old Testament, New Testament, all can come to Jesus Christ and have a relationship with him. And the wonderful thing is it's, it's not... My strength, right? You know that, right? It's not your strength that makes us right with God. As a matter of fact, we move a little forward here in the psalm. Oh, wait, before we get there, do you remember this song? It was based on Psalm 106 and 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His what? Love endures forever. I love that song. His love endures forever. Well, as this psalm moves on, like verses 14 through 18 and on, what you'll see is that David's doing a comparison to people like the Israelites and people like us, frankly, we're frail, it says in the middle of the psalm and then a little later on, we're compared to dust. We're compared to uh, flowers that blow away in the wind. But then you get to verse 17. And here's what verse 17 says. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. Everlasting implies um, eternality, strength, of course. God's love is forever. So when you think about this church, Village Church, you think about us just being here, maybe you've been around here a while, and if you have, you can think about the ways that God has blessed you. What benefits do you have as being part of this body, his people, the community of believers? The Israelites shared many, but we share many too. Take time, ponder, and think about that, because when you do, you can forget not all his benefits to you, to us as a community, and then bless the Lord for those things. Well, <clears throat> clearly, God's eternal provision is through the Lord Jesus Christ and also for this family. And 
David's inviting us into that but, uh, and blessing the Lord for those things. But also, he just continues on in this psalm. We get to verses 19 through 22. Now, he's just becoming an inviter. And I love that word, inviter. He is an inviter because he's invite, inviting so many things. All of creation now, he's going to end up um, calling people and all things to remember what God has done and join all creation and worship. We'll get to the third point. The third point today is for what? For God's sovereignty over all creation. So David's not ashamed. David does this universal call to praise. Look at verse 19. It says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. So because of this, because God rules over everything, even if they know it or not, God is the ruler. What David does in the next couple of verses after it, after verse 19, is he invites angels to bless the Lord. He invites heavenly hosts to bless the Lord. He then invites all of God's works, all of his creation to bless the Lord. All of these things he's saying speak words of excellence about God. Uh, David writes another psalm, Psalm 19. He wrote many, of course, but Psalm 19 verse 1 says it this way. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaim his handiwork. In other words, nature itself is constantly screaming, God is here, God exists, he is loving, he is good, he is magnificent, and he is glorious. All those things are true of God in the heavens and the works. It, it, it's not quite the same as me walking outside looking at a tree and saying, you need to bless the Lord. It's a little different than that. <laughs> I mean, this is inspired by the Holy Spirit, and God is calling on all of us even the angels, heavenly hosts, and all of creation, which already scream, God is glorious to us. I think that David, maybe after he wrote this psalm, he's maybe sitting down reflecting after what God has just given him to write, pondering maybe, reflecting on the personal mercies and corporately what God has done with the people of God. And then maybe, just maybe, he falls on his face and worships God. You know, David didn't have the benefit that we have of knowing the Messiah by name. He didn't know that whole rest of the story piece. He knew God, our God, same God. Sometimes I feel like I'm lazy. Sometimes I feel like I'm not much of a worshiper. I don't know if you ever feel that way. I mean, I, I look at David and how he worshiped God, and he didn't even know Jesus by name yet, like I do. And it's just a call to me. I don't want to feel bad about myself, but it's a call to me to remember to bless the Lord who is so good. If someone who didn't even know Jesus by name yet can do this, wow, what an amazing God we serve. Well, church, in 2021, let's be inviters and let's think about increasing our reach and our risk, our, our reach for Jesus Christ as we close out 2021. So what's your next move? A few things I was thinking through this week that I'll put down for you. One is maybe you just need to today move towards God and not away from God. Moving towards him because of his compassion, but specifically and beautifully this compassion that he has for you. Maybe you're unsure today or sad or lonely or tempted by sin or in sin, whatever it is. Instead of going downstairs when you get home and watch TV or maybe it's a Nintendo uh, Switch. I hear that's the thing nowadays. <laughs> whatever it is. Or to drink, whatever it is, that's not going to satisfy. Run to God. Move towards God. 
because nothing else satisfied. Or maybe something I mentioned earlier, a second thing could be write down, write down these blessings, write down the blessings you have, but also bring your laments to God too because God is good. It's good for the soul. He wants your praises, he wants your tears, he wants all of you. He has given all of himself to you in Jesus Christ. We can give all of ourselves to him, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He's good with both, he wants it all. Or how about third, maybe pray. Pray about inviting somebody, maybe to your home or being an inviter like David to invite somebody to church. You know, people wanna be invited to things, right? You know that? People wanna connect, they wanna be in relationship and that's why so many people are in bars. There's, there's relationships, there's connection but there's something here that's, that's different. We have something else to offer here and that is the God who loves them, is compassionate and merciful this relationship with Jesus Christ is like no other. Let's invite people into that. So as we move into communion now, there's only one on-ramp or way to get into this relationship with God, and it's through the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his resurrection, trusting in that for the forgiveness of my sins and your sins. It's the only way. You know, just like David, the apostle Paul was unashamed. The Apostle Paul said this, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And if you have received Jesus as your savior, if you are following Jesus and trusting him for the forgiveness of your sins, and we invite all of you today to then take communion with us. But if you're not sure of where you stand with Jesus, I would invite you instead of taking communion to just come talk to me afterwards. I'd love to talk to you more about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because when we take communion, we will shortly, when we take communion, we are proclaiming our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior till he comes again. And if you don't have a cup yet, after the song, we'll take communion together after I read scripture. There are cups right back there during the song. Please feel free to get up and go get a communion cup. And off to the column to my left and the column to my right, there are also. So let's take a moment now, just in silent prayer where you are, for about a minute and ask God to just reveal your heart. Maybe there's some sin you need to confess, but also thank him for his benefits. Let's do that now. <laughs> 